Today's episode of Beyond the Mask is presented by the insurance specialists at BrightThink Wealth Strategies. Find the disability insurance coverage that fits you best right now. Email Robert Smith at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. The show is also made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. Get a free consultation today to be guided through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Just visit crnafinancialplanning.com. We'd also like to thank Helping Hands and OSA EMR for their support of the show. And don't forget, listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how you can submit them, check out the CE Credit tab on our website, beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for over 20 years, a past president of the ANA, the NCANA, and she's held many other leadership roles. As usual, our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs, and I think our topic today is definitely going to do that. And Sharon, what time is it? It's time to wake up, Jeremy. I think it is. Well, Sharon, here we are again. Last podcast of the day for us up here at the North Carolina, South Carolina annual meeting in person. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think we might have saved the best to last. What do you uh, think? I think so. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know. I, you know, I'm looking forward to this one. You know I'm how I, I can love. learn you, something you, in this. You yeah. can learn something from yeah. this. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> but I love these people. I love these people. I love these people. Well, and you know what I say about well, you know, Lynn has been, yes. it's it's the Maxies, the <laughs> Lynn Maxie has been on this podcast before, and yes. you know about Lynn whenever she did her stand-up comedy act for the foundation, I and Keenan Thompson told her to quit her day job from Saturday Night Live, you know, yeah. his mother's a nurse anesthetist, yes. and he emceed that event. Now, yep. her husband, Keith is probably one of the most self-aware men I've ever met in my life. That's how I explain him. Wow. That's a lot of pressure. That is a lot of pressure. You know, she's never said that about me. Although somebody else downstairs today said, you and your wife do such a great job on that podcast. And I said, well, she's my work wife. This is my real wife right here. So, How did Sarah do with that? Oh, she's she? It's not the first time that's been thrown out, is it? Well, Keith. Yeah, welcome. Thank I you. know this is. Uh, have you been on a podcast before? I've not. This okay. will be my first. Great. That's awesome. And Lynn, always a pleasure to see Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Well, we're looking forward to it. Sharon, why don't you introduce the topic? Oh well, let me just give the genesis of where okay. this whole All thing because right. I knew from. you had a way you wanted to take yeah. this, and I knew well, I was going to mess it up. So. No, <laughs> they wrote a book together. And it's called The Miracle of Marriage. Is that that? Miracles in Marriage. Miracles. Miracles Well, uh, some some marriages are a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, that they're still it's together. When you're not together. I mean, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. I digress. And so <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about the COVID pandemic and the strains on relationships. And you can also get their book. Is it available on Amazon or? It is. And yeah. it's the audio version which is us reading it oh my god really yes i've got to you know that's the only i don't sit down and read books anymore i just do the audio so we've gotten great feedback because they've said oh it's you (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know that tone of voice or (laughs) all right i've got um y'all keep y'all keep talking (laughs) while i download it website is that on no, it's, a, it's available on, on Amazon as well. On Amazon. Okay. Yeah. Good. All right. Good. And we'll put a link in it in the show notes for sure. people if they want to, to go Thank grab you. it and so forth. So let's kind of talk about, you know, why you guys did this. What's important about it? Go ahead, Lenny. So I've been planning for years to take this man to Europe for our 35th wedding anniversary. Okay. And it was scheduled for the end of May 2020. Oh, and I had literally worked for a couple years on this, and I didn't make the actual reservations until I knew I had those two weeks off, which, like most practices, is the October before the year. Yeah, yeah. But I had to cancel all of that. Just very sad. Just wanted to explore Europe with him. He's never been. And with all of that, Keith had had this idea of writing this book as we've learned and grown in our marriage and us as individuals and then in our marriage right he had wanted to write this book he is an unbelievable teacher Mm -hmm. well he was a teacher he was a teacher and that's how y'all met yes because he was your teacher i didn't want to go into that now wait a minute minute. walter Walter. this is gonna get (laughs) good i'll I'll let myself out Walter, Walter. (laughs) Uh, Yes, he was my teacher. But so I didn't like him when we first met. And this is an aside. This doesn't need to go (laughs) in the thing. But when I grew to respect him, first of all, Mm -hmm. and then I grew to like him, and then Mm -hmm. we fell in love. Mm -hmm. But he is an unbelievable teacher, and everybody loved him women loved him boys loved him women, women still love him because i love him, love him. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> everybody talked like he's this great thing and i was like yeah he really is he's unbelievable in being able to explain ideas and share mm-hmm. ideas so he had had this idea for the book and he started to write it a little bit on his own and you know i'd read it and i'd go well what what about the woman's point of view <laughs> so that's how I got involved in mm-hmm. it because I think th- I personally think that men and women are very very different in oh, the yes. way they think the way that they act the way that they believe things all in every way possible they're very very different and I wanted to express my point of view mm-hmm. about the growth that we were doing that we had done what it meant the way I viewed it and mm-hmm. so then we brought it all together so that it was a combination of both. It's so interesting to listen to this because the other day I'm talking to Sharon on the phone and you said something I'd never thought about it. It was your anniversary, 38? 38. 38 years, been married to Pierce. And what did you say to me? Do you remember what you said? No. You, you <laughs> I say said, so many profound well, things. It, no, it was really good, you know, because, I, you know, obviously I've been divorced and, you know, it's it's been a good thing because I got remarried to the person I think I'm supposed to be with. But, but you said that 
marriage comes in stages oh, it does. of years. It's it not does. days. It's not weeks. It, you know, it's years. It and is. I never, and it, it just resonated with me. It and is I was true. like, wow, that's so It's either so a good year or a bad year. Marriages come in years. It huh. is the truth. Because think about when you've been married as long as all we all have, you look back and it's not, well, we had a bad week is a bad year Mm -hmm. and sometimes you just got to muscle through it and you just hope you end on a great year i hope when i die that pierce will say (laughs) that was a good year that was a good year we really it was like a fine wine she was a great year great year (laughs) jeremy you you, yes your wife is sarah is that right sarah that's right and how long have you all been together so this is 10 years and october we've been together 10 years Uh, well married for 10 years together another longer yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. So we have two children together and then I have a, another daughter from previous marriage mm-hmm. and she's actually in nursing school over at UNCG. No kidding. And doing well. Aren't and you proud dad? So, oh yeah. She, she had her first clinical on Friday and, and called me afterwards, which she doesn't call me a lot in the afternoons. I talk to her every night, but and she was elated. She was like, dad, I loved it. It was amazing. I had the best patience. And I, I could just hear that enthusiasm. You know, it was just like, wow, you know, Do you remember you that found. excitement, Sharon? Mm. Yeah. That was a long, long time. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time. Which says she's going to be the, either a CRNA, probably, or possibly PA. So, you know, she's well, going to follow UNCG, the Well, if she's in the program or whatever, she may be able to come shadow me or anybody oh. at UNC. Yeah. Okay. That's a good idea. That is okay. a great idea. Good. Good. All right. So talk about, again, you, Keith, you had this idea. Yeah. So, I mean, when we, <laughs> the book started to be about marriage specifically, but turns out that's just one form of a long-term relationship, right? Yeah. yeah. So we had started taking notes when we first met. We went to couples. This is when we were, they don't call it this anymore, lavaliered, when we were engaged to be engaged. <laughs> And we, we went, we were both the products of divorce. Yeah. Her parents have been divorced, mine as well. So we thought, well, if this is going to be it, let's go talk to some people who we consider to have strong marriages. Yeah. See and, what and, their and tips are. Neither one of you have been married before, right? Neither have. So, so this is it. For yeah, you this guys. is it. Got it. Wow. Okay. And you had to be young, and you were thinking that? Late 20s. Oh, I well. never thought I'd get married. Oh, okay. But we had seen we had seen the fallout from right sure. marriages many, gone many, bad. Many, many, people. And we had been on the receiving end of that as kids. So, you know, we, we just thought, well, we'll just talk to some of the people that we know who've got good, solid relationships. And we started to say, what's your best tip? Yeah. And we got a bunch of them. And uh, so it really started way, way back that we got this kind of collection of tips. Hmm. When are you ever going to get around to actually writing the book? Right. One of the benefits of COVID was it knocked me out of my current profession, which mm. was being on my hind legs with groups of people in group public settings. So it's like, well, okay, I got some time now. There goes my last excuse that I never have time to write the thing. Right. So it was about pulling it together and, and doing that. But then the subtitle of the book is, you know, it's Miracles in Marriage and Other Long-Term Committed Relationships. Right. Because, of course... Not everybody gets married. Not everybody gets married these days. Right. Right. Uh, both of our children did it differently. Yeah. Um, you know, they got they got fell in love first, got a house, got a dog, then got married. Right. <laughs> there's there's <laughs> all, yeah, all sorts kinda, of different forms. That's a new way. You test it out a little bit. Make but sure. then, you know, there's our business <laughs> partnerships as well. There's yeah. There are long-term yeah. partnerships and long-term friendships. There are... There are duos and and partnerships that have produced tremendous results because they've been together for a long time. They know one another well. Right. 
And I think Jeremy and I are going to have to read well, yeah, I mean, now because of us. There you go. I mean, uh, Bell and Howell, uh, you know, um, even though it didn't end up well, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates, uh, you know, uh, Harley Davidson. I mean, there, there's all sorts of people mm-hmm. that come together for all sorts of reasons and then right. stay together. Mm-hmm. And what do they know? And what can we learn from them? Mm-hmm. So the majority of the book, the, the meat of it, the middle of it is tips, tools, and techniques mm-hmm. that will apply to pretty much any relationship. Mm. Okay. All well, right. that's good to know. So what do you mean when you say context drives content? Do you want to take a swing at that? Lynn? I didn't understand what this meant when we first heard it. I was like, blah, blah, blah. What does that mean? <laughs> but it really started to make sense to me because I had very specific belief systems about men. I oh. Lo- loved men, wanted to date, never thought I'd get married. But I wanted to have good friends, date a nice boy, all those kinds of things. But I had a belief that all men would leave me Hmm. and all men would hurt me. And this came from my childhood, you know, events in my life. Right, Right. So even though I would reach out in relationships in the back of my mind, Mm -hmm. it was an unconscious thought or belief, but it was definitely there. Yeah. And then in real life, if the guy would break my heart or would do something, lie to me or whatever, I go, like, yeah, oh, that's yeah. just a stupid guy. I knew guy. I was right. Yeah, yeah, I knew I was right. So when I really was growing up and we were trying to figure out who we were as individuals and how to be to the best couple we could be, because we didn't want to do to our children what was done to us. Yeah. And we started to look at those belief systems and ask ourselves, what is it that I really, really, really want? Hmm. And I never really wanted marriage, but I wanted true love. I wanted that true love, somebody to love me absolutely, and I could love them absolutely. And then I realized how much that context of my belief system got in the way. Hmm. Because I kept creating these terrible situations where I dated bad boys Mm-hmm. because I knew exactly what I was going to get with them. Mm-hmm. Now, if I can jump in, we're not suggesting that there's anything wrong with beliefs or that people shouldn't have beliefs. I, or I bad boys. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. I don't think there's any way to release, <laughs> to relieve myself of my beliefs. The message is just be careful which things you make real. Yeah. You know, for example, you said something a moment <clears throat> ago about Sarah. Yeah. And it was just an offhand comment, mm-hmm. but it reflects something powerful. You went... I think I've met the person who I'm supposed to be with. Yeah. Now, that's true because you said so. Yeah. And presumably she agrees. So <laughs> right now, now you're operating yeah. in a framework. <laughs> but now that you're operating in a framework right. that says everything that we experience is in service of that relationship that I'm supposed to be having. Right. So, you know, if, if I say, well, hi, Sharon, let's have a relationship. No, not just any relationship. Mm-hmm. Let's have a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. Let's have a long-term committed relationship and let's pretend that this is it. Okay. That there's no better person to go find. There's no experience to have outside of this relationship that I couldn't find here. And let's just agree that we're going to play this like it's the most important thing in the world. Keith, you don't know how long I've been waiting on you to say <laughs> this. <laughs> of course, Lynn may have something to say about it. But anyway, <clears throat> that, we, that we frame it up that way yeah. is going to affect a lot of what shows up inside, inside the, really. the frame. Right. Yeah. So just be careful what frames that you make real. We, we, know, we write of a guy in the book. I've known him since the University of South Florida a million years ago, and I'll 
we call him Ron in the book. That's not his name, but he has some interesting beliefs about women. Share, you just heard Lynn mm-hmm. say she has some interesting, had some interesting beliefs about men she had to trip over. Ron uh, would tell you, let's see if I can call up a couple of them. He would tell you, because anybody who's ever had a beer with him heard him say this stuff many times. Women can't be trusted. Uh. That was a thing that he made true. I don't know if it's true or not in the big world, but for him, yeah, it was, it was true. true with a capital yeah. T. Women can hurt you. If you got a beer into him, he'd talk to you about the women who had hurt him. And he didn't mean like, you know, a Band-Aid pulled off right. slow. Right. He means gut kicked. Gotcha. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. He would look at you and say, they're always on the prowl. Mm. They're always uh-huh. looking for a better deal, even when they pretend they're not. Uh-huh. And based on his firsthand experience, again, that was true with a capital T. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you one other one. If you don't have money, women will leave you. Mm. I heard that one out of him multiple times. Wow. Is and, he married? <laughs> on his third one. Uh-huh. And it's going badly. <laughs> yeah. But he's completely stumped about why. Hmm. Interesting. And if you were his good friend and you said to him, do you think maybe this has anything to do with you? He's not being facetious. He's not being clever. He'll look you right in the eye and go, no, it's not me. It's these women. Yeah. I just can't find the right one. Gee, that's hmm. interesting. Well, one, so, uh, I mean, i just make yeah. a comment right off. One, it sounds like the self-talk is, is killing him. Mm-hmm. And two... Because of the self-talk, he's not really committed. Well, he truly believes that women are bad. And he'll find the evidence. Yeah. And it's like he's waiting for the yeah. other shoe to drop. She could be, you know, giving him gold eggs every day. And he's like, yeah, you're going to hurt me sooner or later. Mm-hmm. And then then you create that. Yeah. You I was, I was close right. to him for the first two marriage divorces, which you didn't want to be around anyway. By the strangest coincidence, I'm walking by Lynn's desk one day. This is what social media is good for. His third wife I've never met. Mm-hmm. And we've lost contact with them. They're down in Florida still. But I was looking across Lynn's desk one day, and she's chatting up wife number three. And I, I don't have a fake name for her off the top of my head, so I'll just refer to her as wife number three. And I didn't know she knew her. And I said, you know her? She goes, I went to school with her. I said, well, I know Ron. You know, almost said his name. But anyway... She's a pretty unhappy person, but she came to that marriage looking for closeness, trust, somebody that she could go and grow with, they'd have happily ever after. I don't think he showed up with all of these beliefs printed on a T-shirt about women. But I mean, as a woman, I've never been one, at least as far as I know. But as a woman, (laughs) it could change. Well, things do. (laughs) Like Bruce Jenner, if you if you were getting into a relationship with a man who had those kinds of belief about women. What odds do you give that of turning out very mm. well? Shannon, mm, you could change him. Well. You could change him. Well, I mean. So, I could try. <laughs> Jeremy, you and I, I mean, unless we share some of those beliefs that he has. Right. You right. and I can see what he's doing to himself. Absolutely. He's absolutely yeah. talking himself into a hell of his own creation. Absolutely. He expects the worst. He finds it. And what killed him on this third marriage, he was a pretty successful guy. Most of us who knew him, I mean, he had an IT business down. In, are you familiar with the Tampa Bay area? Mm-hmm. He has a house on Davis Island he paid cash for. Wow. So after his second divorce, he said, well, I'm never going to be married again. I'm never going to get hurt like that. I'm never going to Yeah, he thought it was going to kill him, but it didn't. Right. right. So then he got lonely and he went back out into the dating circle. That's when he met number three, right? Oh, you look interesting. Let's have a relationship. Now, when she found out about the two divorces, he said, oh, yeah, 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 but I've learned a lot. Don't worry. Uh. And she was 
a CPA. She mm. was a professional with her own practice. He talked her out of it. He said, no, you don't have to work. I've got more money than God. Just, mm. you know, come move into the big house. We're going to do philanthropic things around Florida. We're going to travel the world. He's a pretty good salesman. So he convinced her, and she signed up. Mm. Well, then 2008 happened. Mm. Oh, and he lost. The bottom fell out of the world. Yeah. So she's a good partner, right? She says, well, I'll go back to work. I'll reactivate my, my license. I'll start my practice back up. That's where the trouble started. Because the first time she was home late, five minutes from anything, where were you? Trust. Yeah. Trust. Who, who Trust. are you talking with? What, what, what are you doing? She told Lynn that when she leaves the house, he uses the cell phone like a leash. He'll call her every 20, 30 minutes mm-hmm. and ask her a question that he knows he knows the answer to or that she does. But she, she wow. says she feels like a trophy wife, which is a horrible phrase. Yeah. But she had to explain, you know, what she meant was she feels so possessed. She feels so controlled. Yeah. He wants to keep her up on a shelf like one of his expensive toys mm-hmm. and take her down and play with her. She didn't sign up for this. So what did she say? And this is more than ironic. It's inevitable. She said, I really feel like going out and finding a man who will give me the kind of relationship I wanted. So if you think about this, mm. right? Not only has he framed up a way of operating in relationships that's producing results he says he hates, yeah. but can't seem to get enough of, mm-hmm. it's about to produce in his third wife the very behavior that he says that he's he says afraid he, of. Yeah. I mean, how powerful are we? Wow. Right? Yeah. So we talk all sorts of stuff into existence, but that's, that's the negative side of it. Yeah. The other thing that we learn from our mentors is, well, then if that's true... If you we can create a context to support the content we want. Why me, can't you make it good? Yeah, let me tell you about my wife, Lynn. This is my best friend. She's my business partner. She's my coach. She's my co-parent. She's my lover. She's the human being who I get to lay down to next most nights. And I'll go to my grave never being as close to another human being as I am to her. It's my honor to be in her life. And I feel like the luckiest man walking around the planet. Now, I say that all the time. If you had Let just me met me. Listen, <laughs> did I not tell you? Didn't I tell you, Sharon? No, but like, Jeremy, I can, you, I can, you know, a guy will listen uh, to me do that and go, oh, okay, because I see what you're doing there. Yeah. All right. So if, if your buddy Ron can talk himself into trouble, you're just talking to yourself into a good thing. Yes. But you're making yourself believe it, and that's you're right. acting Listen. on it, and you're living that That's way. right. It works. Yes. So Listen. I don't care if it's self-delusion. Yeah. I'm going to use my beliefs to frame up the reality that I'm looking for, not right. the one that, right? Yeah. Right. Makes a whole lot of sense. Simple idea, but yeah. it's a powerful one. No, it, it's great. You know, Pierce calls me every single, whenever I talk to him on the phone now, he always says this. What color panties she wear? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And that's after 38 years? After 38 years. Good for them. Every Walter. Single Good for them. Walter. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do another thing that's maybe a guy thing, because I don't know if women do this. Jeremy, have you ever heard a guy do this? I'd like to stay and have another beer with you, but i got to get home to the old ball and chain. Oh, God. My Absolutely. husband better not ever call me that. Right. He knows that. Right. He knows that. And Hopefully. he better not. Oh, no, he knows it. And we've had this discussion Good. because... My sister, her third husband, called her his old lady, yeah. and I lost. Oh yeah, I lost it. I said, "Let me tell you what. My husband ever called me his old lady, he's gonna wake up dead." Okay, <laughs> and I will always be and the I sunshine. I got some extra to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the sunshine of his life, his bride, whatever it is, and and he will always be Superman to me. But that's, even that's if terrific. you don't know that he says it, 
He's doing what damage do you to himself. think that yeah. that does to the man yeah. saying it? Yeah, like you That's start. True. It takes the shine off. It yeah. makes oh, yeah. I know. Oh, Pierce, whatever. Pierce the old, say it. The people old, that don't recognize the, the power of this. The, yeah. This is the same guys that That's ten true. years in will say, after your ten years, will say, "Gee, why isn't she sparkly anymore?" Right. Where'd all the thrill go? Well, you talked it to death. You killed it. You regularly described, ha, 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 just joking, mm-hmm. a human being nobody would want to be in a relationship with. Yeah. Are we powerful enough to talk ourselves into that? Yeah. yeah. If there's yeah. anything we've learned, it's be careful what you make real. Because hmm. you're going to kind of get what you wish for. Yeah, you know, they, they talk about that in so many different facets of relationships. I mean, you know, men that have porn addictions, you know, this transfers into their relationships yeah. because they're looking at other women in this certain way and you know and then their wife doesn't fulfill that fantasy sometimes sure. and it just makes you i mean so it, it, yeah. it's so many ramifications to what you're saying i mean yeah. it makes sense yeah. so it so why don't people sense. do it but you know what i do know Ron that do mike it? pierce doesn't say that <laughs> even when i'm not looking but uh, it's awareness yes. and as long as you guys have been together You've created the context yes, that agree. you've brought this love and joy and trust, and you know that Pierce is never going to say that about you. Yeah, that he might is- say something else, but he won't. Say- <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, I, I think it brings up another point. You know, what what is it about our spouses and mm-hmm. others, partners, you know, that gets under your skin that drives us nuts? You know, that maybe makes you think some of these thoughts. When do you want to take that one? Because you look like you're you ready know, to go yes, on that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so one of the things we had to learn was how to first know how I feel and why I feel it and take responsibility, be accountable for my feelings. Nobody can really make me feel anyway. Yeah, that's very true. Mm-hmm. I can. I, I can, say that all the time. You mm-hmm. can't make me feel. Right. <laughs> That's so true. once I am in control of my thoughts and feelings and what upsets me and what doesn't, then it's my job to learn how to convey that mm-hmm. to my partner. Marriage or not, you know, I really don't like you calling me that or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And that being able to say that out loud, I get mad when you such and such. Mm-hmm. So that's very, very valuable. And even in everyday relationships, learning how to fight. There are certain things you mm, never say. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yes. You don't bring up certain things. You don't say right. certain things because you're mad and you want to hurt them because you're safe with them. And they're right. not going anywhere because you're married. Yeah. I've seen friends of mine treat their husbands like dogs. Yeah. And I told my one friend one time, I said, if you ever talk to me like that, if you ever put your head on the back of my head while I was driving and you're in the back seat, I would punch you in the throat. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But she thought she could do that. And they're divorced. She thought Mm -hmm. she could do that because she had no respect for him. And, you know, she didn't care. So I think it's imperative that I be responsible for who I am and my thoughts and feelings and then learn how to convey those things to my partner while I take responsibility for it. What happens with couples, though, is you get to know them intimately in those quiet, dark times, and you can use it against them. Mm -hmm. So you can stand there all day long and just ring their doorbell and hurt them and they can hurt you and you just stand there and just punch each other's doorbells in their chest or you cannot do that (laughs) right and most people day to day don't do that but then you bring in covid 
Mm-hmm. You bring in the house is burnt down. The hurricane swept everything away. A sick child, Mm -hmm. the stressors and those kinds of things of everyday life. Life is difficult anyway. But then you bring the big stuff in, like COVID was just horrible. It was horrible at work, and I didn't have any way to do my normal things that brought down my stress. Going out with the girls, going out to dinner, so that even though I love my husband with all my heart and soul... It was like, okay, you go to that side of the house. I'm going to go over here and just read for a little while because it was claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had no outlet. I think, too, I mean, there's all sorts of people in my life that can be an annoyance to me. and you know, But then there's the person that I've got the commitment with. There's the yeah. person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And that partner, that's a person who knows more about me than anybody else mm-hmm. and knows things about me that nobody else knows. That's somebody that I've unconditionally opened myself to. So I've created a kind of a depth of a relationship that if I'm real lucky doesn't exist very easily in very many other places. And in that place, in in a frame like that, where I can say this is my partner for life and this is a person who's got my back, this is a person who will support me when I need help, this is a person who allows me to do the same thing for them, this is a person who tells me the truth, this is a person who keeps their word to me. There's a lot of potential there. I mean, can you imagine being mountain climbing, which is an analogy we use in the book, mountain climbing with your perfect partner? How much braver can I be today? How much further can I climb? Because I know I have that base camp. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that's wonderful. And that's powerful when one or more of the people involved in that relationship don't have the skills, though, to manage the rough roads yep. or the tough times, the things that Lynn just mentioned. When one or more of them doesn't have those skills or those abilities, that same power, I think, can be unleashed inside and do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's why a cop will tell you uh, that domestic violence calls are the one of those ones they hate the most. We yeah. looked up a statistic: forty percent of the officer deaths in the United States between 2010 and 2016, which was the years that the study was done, forty percent of them were domestic violence calls. Wow! So that's getting between two crazy people. Oh yeah. And you know, if one of them's got their hand, excuse me, on a weapon or a gun. That's the last place you want to be. So it's interesting that the person that I could create all of that value with now becomes the person that I want to hurt the most. They can drive you the craziest. Yeah. yeah. Or that I can allow to be. <laughs> yeah, And exactly. then, of course, there's a flip side to it. Not only did Lynn say, do we take responsibility for the negative stuff that comes up with me so that I don't blame you or you for how I'm feeling and thinking. Right. It's also the good stuff because if we're going to own the logic of that, that means that when I look at you and I say, Lynn, I love you. I guess I'm really saying, if I'm going to own all of it, the good stuff and the not so good stuff, (laughs) I love how I let myself feel when I'm near you, when I'm around you. But it's not your job to make me feel that. And in fact, if that was anybody's job to make me happy forever after, if I posted that, I don't think anybody would take that job. No. Yeah. No. And and yet, I think I've known some people who say, "Well, this it, this isn't it. She's not right. it. She's yeah. not Princess Charming. She's not perfect because she was supposed greener. to be perfect forever. Yep. And she's supposed to make me feel mm-hmm. perfect forever. And so next, yeah, <laughs> well, pop. And, and I mean, there's something else that we've got to take into account. I mean, you know, the majority of our listeners are, are CRNAs mm-hmm. out there, and there is a certain personality type. Yes. Of that CRNA. Do you recognize that? 
I don't know what you're. I talking know you about. don't. I know you don't. But but there there is a personality type that we married, uh, Keith, and uh, you know that Pierce married mm-hmm. a certain personality type, and you've got to you got to kind of take that into the equation, I think, as well, because here we are married to these women who are, are definitely type A. Most of them are control freaks, <laughs> methodical at work. You know, very smart, highly intelligent. They've reached the pinnacle of their career path, you know, in the nursing industry. I mean, Mm -hmm. it doesn't get any better than being a CRNA. And they have a certain mentality in their work life. And, you know, it's kind of like attorneys. They bring that home. And how do you relate back to your spouse who, you know, might or might not have that same kind of personality or that same power at work that you guys have and and I you mean, certainly hope they don't well, yeah i mean you, you know so it's <laughs> two of you I together think brings in another well you know it brings in another another layer there that you've got to be really cognizant i would of. think yeah you yeah. know anytime your partner comes back and says man i had a tough day you've got an opportunity to say let's talk right yeah let's let's share what what we're thinking and feeling what we went through i um I wondered what I what I would go through when she decided to go back to grad school in her mid forties to become mm-hmm. a CRNA, because I didn't even know what a CRNA was when we first met. I remember stupidly going, "What's that?" <laughs> and uh, she goes, "Well, they make six figures coming out of school." And I said, "Well, let's do that." Perfect. Yeah, yeah. that wasn't the first <laughs> driving force of going no, back to school. No, that's true. Though. But when she was trying to get me on board with the notion of well, she reinventing our point, life, right? right? <laughs> um, you know, who am I going to need to be? And as I got more educated and watched the program that she had signed up for and the work that was involved in the years, the commitment, the money, the stress, I was like, whoa, okay, well, what have I signed up for here? Am mm-hmm. I do, who do I need to be? Because she's going to be, this is going to be all about her for the next few years. So yeah. who do I need to be to be of support to her? She's going to go on a really steep climb, yeah. if I can use the climber analogy. She's going to go on a really steep climb. Air's going to get thin up there. She's going to need resources. She's going to need backing. Let's have some agreements. And so we did. We made some agreements about who's going to do what going in and assigned duties and responsibilities in the marriage and with the kids and how are we going to handle things. And then uh, there was another agreement, which was when we run up on the hard stuff, we're going to go get a coach. If this gets overwhelming, we're going to go see a counselor. We're going to see a coach. Because as much as we would try to understand our own point of view, we'd get in circular conversations. Sure, doesn't everybody in their marriage. But it's about whether it's stupid stuff or really important stuff, and we couldn't find an exit. Right. So we were too involved in each other's soap operas, so we would go find a coach. We call them the psychologist Mm -hmm. a coach because I just think they're a life coach. And we'd go in and say... Well, I feel like this is yellow, and I just don't want, I hate you, and it's yellow. And he'd say, no, for heaven's sakes, I keep telling you it's blue. It's Mm -hmm. blue. This issue is blue. And you'd go see this coach, and they'd say, have you ever thought about green? Right. (laughs) Green? What? You know? And it's, it opens up this door because you get stuck in these True. certain ways of looking at things. So being able to get a coach, that's always been very valuable for us. We've done a lot of work with coaches. We also did a course called LifeSpring, when in the very beginning of our relationship, it was an interpersonal growth workshop. And it was just valuable for us. But it was about learning about our own beliefs. That's where I learned about my beliefs about men. 
because mm-hmm. I brought it to the forefront because this was definitely standing in the way of what I said that I wanted. So my context was this poison box. I kept creating all this negativity of the contents in my box. Mm. So once I decided that I really wanted love, then I could go and look at those beliefs and where they came from and then move. Well, we we redecide. We We just did a session two weeks ago with our current counselor. And it's, you should see them relax when we come in and they go, they're expecting a crisis. Oh, here comes a couple. Oh, Lord. Right? And we'll sit down and they'll go, well, so what are you here for? What's the issue? Well, it's not one thing, really. It's just time for a tune-up. Right. And, and they look and go, what? And they go, well, we do this periodic. We've learned to make this part of our marriage. Is that we sometimes will say things to you as a third party we forget to say to one another. Right. Oh, and you can just see them relax. It's really kind of fun. Have you thought about what would happen if you weren't able to work for two or three years? You know, on average, 25% of people will file a disability claim, and most of us aren't prepared for that loss of income. Every CRNA needs to protect their biggest asset, yourself and your ability to earn with a disability insurance policy. We recommend contacting Robert Smith, a master disability insurance specialist with more than 30 years of experience and 1,800 CRNA clients to find the coverage that fits you best. The best way to do that is to send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com. Or call him at 504-394-6557. Well, you know, I'm just sitting here wondering, Sharon, you know, where did you learn about relationships and how to interact and the interpersonal communication of relationships? And, you know, where did you learn that? Well, you don't really learn it. You watch it. I mean, I watched Mm, my parents. So you watched your parents. Exactly. And, you know, it took me a little longer to discover that some of the my thought processes came from that. And I'll give you an example and you'll understand. My father was the first person up in the morning and the last person to go to bed. And, you know, he never got back in the bed during the day. And Pierce loves to take naps, and he gets in the stinking bed, in the covers. <laughs> and it oh, used to okay. just okay. absolutely just. <laughs> I, I, it, Men aren't it, supposed it, to do that. He's lazy. Yeah, he was a I mean, lazy it guy would, and, and finally, I'm like, what is this all about? Well, to me, the perfect man was my father, the Got first it. man I ever loved. Great point. <laughs> and it, does it really matter that Pierce gets in the bed and takes a nap? Does it really matter? Now, it mattered that he didn't make the bed back up whenever he got back up. But if the man needs to lay down and take a nap. But if you'd stayed unconscious about that expectation of what a real man does, a man and how he shows you his love. Because that's what that comes down to. Well, you're not, you know. If you stay unconscious about that, then it niggles at you it sits in your crawl and it's like well and then something else gets there and it starts to build and something else and it builds and you go man this guy he's not a real man he's not doing anything right you know and but but my point to all that was i don't remember anywhere along the Mm -hmm. way that anyone anybody anybody ever taught me how to be in a relationship 
That's why we why ever. we wish we had had our own book when we first got started. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of our motives for doing it is and, because and well, I mean, and you two said you know to, you both came from divorce yeah. family situations, yeah. so that's what you saw. Yeah, you know, and but you're you're smart enough to work through it and we had get some great counseling teachers. and and help and. And, you know, I mean, seriously, if people think about relationships, it's kind of like I tell my clients about money. Right. You know, where well, do you learn about money? Where do you learn about it? Right. The only yeah. place, I mean, they don't teach you this in school unless you're a business major and you're very entrepreneurial right. minded. They don't teach you this. It's your parents. Absolutely. Some parents are great with it. Some parents pass mm-hmm. it along. Some parents don't. Same thing with relationships. Two of the most important things in your life. I mean, literally. Sure. Your relationships and financials. No one ever teaches you about it anywhere. Got a whole chapter in the book just titled Money. Yeah. It's one of the leading causes of divorce. Yeah, Probably sure. didn't exactly. need to tell you that. The only things you ever argue about in a marriage really yeah. is money and sex, and men don't have enough of either. And then, <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then, thank you for your. Now we, now we, and then, you and need then to tell children. Ron about sharing because they might get along really well. <laughs> well, so now, now you know where the title of the book comes from because yes, yes. the majority of breakthroughs that we've had individually and together in this relationship over the thirty-eight plus years now are miraculous to us. We've learned things about ourselves that we think we wouldn't have learned any other way, or at least not as quickly. Yeah. So when you practice the skills in the context of a marriage that's about growth and development, you're going to learn some stuff. Mm-hmm. And some of it can be real powerful. Yeah. The only time, the closest I've ever come to losing Lynn from my life is when I tripped over, like Sharon said, she tripped over some belief baggage she had about men. I tripped over one about money. Mm. And I didn't know I had it. But I, my father was my best friend. Mm-hmm. He was the best man at our wedding. Mm-hmm. And he had said something to me once that this will sound familiar because old Ron said it. If you don't have money, women will leave you. Oh. My dad had been married twice. And in both of those instances, money was involved. Yep. And so from his point of view, it was true. Mm. So I remember exactly where we were. We were driving down I-75. I was about 17 years of age. We were talking about I don't know what. And he just turned to me and said, you know, women will leave you if you don't have money. And I don't remember consciously doing this, but I went, okay, that's true. Wow. Now, you got to jump ahead 12, 14 years into our marriage. And I did some real stupid stuff with money. I was lying to her. I was being deceptive about where our money was at. I was frightened to let her know the truth right. we weren't talking about it i was doing every dumb thing you could imagine <clears throat> we got through it however not without some real discomfort and i was sitting in a counseling session when i was describing this and the counselor looked at me and says those are pretty non-workable behaviors you're exhibiting there that you were describing what's behind all that i don't know i gotta think about it and all of a sudden, the light came on, and I could hear my father's voice. Women will leave you if you don't have money. That's why you need to be in control. That's why you run the finances. That's why you do things with credit cards that she doesn't know about. And I, so I looked at the counselor, and I said, well, that, that's because women will leave you if, you if you don't have money. And he looked at me like I had three heads, and he said, where'd you get that idea? And as soon as I recognized it, as mm-hmm. soon as I knew where I'd gotten it, I couldn't put it down fast enough. It was like, mm-hmm. Oh, thanks for that. How long have I been toting that? Right. And I looked at Lynn and said, we got to fix that. I'm going to put something else in its place because she goes, that's not true. And I went, I don't know why I ever made it true. And because I did, boy, it was motivating some really crummy behavior. So we couldn't get that squared away fast enough. And then 
I got to say, Jeremy, money issues just evaporated for us. Yeah. Because I let loose of that. We put something in its place that was workable, and we really haven't had the problems. And I will say that I was very angry when all of this happened. Yeah. But once he was able to figure it out and take ownership, take responsibility for it, we could re-decide and recommit to our relationship, and that's never happened again. Yeah, yeah, it goes away. So that's it's the not like everybody's perfect in a relationship that you never make a mistake or say the wrong thing, but when you talk about it and you own your own feelings about it and redecide about staying, this is it. Well, you you, hit, you said the word commit. Yeah, commit. I think that is the problem with marriage today. Lack of is that there mm-hmm. is a lack of commitment. You know. If it doesn't work out with you, I'll go to you. If it doesn't work well, out with you. Well, we're a disposable I'll society. Go to you. Everything's yeah, disposable. You know, and just I mean, go get what, something new. You know, I mean, and that's just inherent in where we are. Right now. Remember hobby. when you're young and, or <clears throat> you're new to the relationship and you love them so much? Oh, yeah. You couldn't get enough of and them. The, and the yeah. holy light that shined <laughs> down. But so much of that you're putting on the relationship. It doesn't necessarily have to do with the person that you're with. But if you don't have these skills, if you don't figure out how to talk to each other and figure it out together, then you get these angry things and it builds up and, Mm -hmm. well, he takes a nap and then he doesn't mow the lawn like he's supposed to, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden... Let's throw some stuff in there about her. She doesn't cook. Oh, I'm sorry. She doesn't clean the house. You know, (laughs) you're pointing (laughs) to poor Keith over here. And I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) That she's not enough. She's the old ball and chain, whatever it is. And it grinds. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I've made a big mistake here. Mm -hmm. So I missed a miracle. I missed an opportunity because... I moved on to my next relationship. I didn't break through. I simply broke down. Yes. And our argument in the book is that a long-term committed relationship is a wonderful place to grow people. Yeah. Both ourselves and the relationship. In fact, we treat the relationship like it's the third entity. There's Lynn, there's me, and then there's this relationship that we gave birth Mm. to. And it requires nurturing and support and love just as much as either one of us does. And that includes the house, the cars, grocery shopping, cleaning the house. Yeah, just even the mundane stuff. It's your life. It's all in there. It's in that box. And since we made it true that this is it, and we're not either one of us going to run off into the night, since we stayed and done the work, I've avoided saying something that I'd heard a couple of my guy friends say, you know, coming up as a younger man. I keep marrying the same stupid woman over and over again. What do you mean? Well, I can't believe I'm back in the same situation I was in the last relationship I was in. It's like I've married this. I'm in the same. She's got different hair. I had to change the monograms on the towels, but it's the same stupid issues. Gee, I wonder, does that have anything to do with you? Yeah. You know, See what I talk about? It's Self-awareness here. Yeah. Right. So if I don't run off into the night and if I do hang in there and if I do use the skills that I can learn on my own or that I get from a coach or a counselor maybe on the other side of breakdown is breakthrough maybe I can learn some things about myself I might not have learned anywhere else and now I'm more capable and I'm more lovable both able to give and receive I feel more powerful bring on the next lesson yeah and so that's the frame that we created for this. The miracles in the marriage, the majority of them that we've experienced have been the internal growth miracles, the breakthroughs, the ahas, the oh mm. Lord, how long have I been toting that around moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as a result, we get closer because we get to share those 
and help support each other through those. Because when you, when you break through, sometimes you just vibrate with the energy that comes from the release of not being who you've already always been forever. Mm-hmm. Who am I going to be now? Now, now what? Well, I've got a great partner to help me lay that out. And when, right. when she intentionally declared she was going to become a new person, when she's going to become a new CRNA in her mid-40s, I mean, she just declared that out of whole cloth, just out of nothing <laughs> except I say I'm going to go be this. Great, here we go. It's <laughs> yeah. going to be an adventure. What kind of amazing discoveries can there be along the way? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think some of this is how do you not take what they say personally you know how do i you know when when someone says something and it just cuts me and boy i'm ready to go you know and and then how do i how do i take that and one not act on it and think through it logically and hold down that emotion and then lynn you said something earlier you know what you just said to me hurt me what you just said to me hurt me. And instead of reacting, I just want to let you know that. And then listen. So let me tell you what happened <clears throat> to us. COVID hit. Yeah. The disappointments of life, my fear, being on a steroid inhaler, whatever. I freaked out about mm. COVID. I was terrified mm-hmm. I was going to die, tied down to a bed, intubated. I was scared to death. I even had a bag packed underneath our bed. I didn't tell him about it. In case we went on lockdown, it had had my underwear and a computer or whatever, so he could just grab it and bring it to me at the hospital. And we would talk about my stress, but he's not in medicine. He doesn't understand. Yeah. And so we were going through life, and we're going through, and, and just all together, and two together, and... And I wasn't having my girlfriend coffees and alcohol or whatever. Yeah. And my stress kept growing. And instead of talking about it, I felt guilty about it. Mm. And so it was the week before Christmas. We're sitting on the back porch and I came unglued. I yelled at him about, Mm -hmm. Sharon knows about this. I wanted a separation. I'd had all I could take. I was tired. I was upset. I was just tired of life, and maybe we should split up. Hmm. And this went on for like 20 minutes. I brought up things that happened in the 80s. I mean, it was one of those girl things that I did. I was completely unreasonable. And he sat there, and I could see that he was angry. And he looked over at me, and he goes, are you done now? And then, like, the volcano had blown. And so now I'm kind of like, yeah, because <laughs> I'm waiting for him to explode all over me. And he sat up, he stood up and he said, I'm going to leave now before I say something that I'll regret, but I will be back home by 1030. Okay. He leaves. I take two Benadryl because I just want to sleep. (laughs) I hear him rustling down in the kitchen at some point. And then we have a cat who's real old and she started yelling. And I jump up out of bed to try to get her. And he comes running up because he doesn't want me to wake up. And he said, baby, I got her. Go back to bed. I'm not a baby. I'm a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So I go to work the next day, which was a mistake, (laughs) because I was so upset and we did not close the loop. But as soon as I came home, we sat down and we went. He said to me, I don't think getting a a divorce is a good thing. And I'm like, no, 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 don't even talk about it. And he goes, but if you wanted to split up, 
you know, go get an apartment closer to work. And, and I'm going, no, 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 don't do that. Because I, all of that block, I had just vomited all over him and our relationship. But instead of keying into it and getting his ego involved, mm-hmm. he says, I'm going to step away. Yeah. But I hard. will be back. That's very difficult. But the, the added thing was, I will be back. Mm-hmm. That's the commitment. And that's right. the safety. That he shows me every day that we have learned together hmm. in this wait, 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 relationship. Were you upset? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. What, and uh, if it's true that breakthrough is preceded by breakdown, this mm-hmm. was a huge breakdown. Mm-hmm. So instead of going, well, that's it, we're done, oh, uh, how dare she, and all of that. You always well, do Well, if you this. would have been Ron, <laughs> Ron would have been out of there. <laughs> Because he already thought that was what was going to happen. And he would have looked for evidence, and that would have been all he would have needed. Absolutely. Instead, you know, and this isn't me, this is other people that have taught me, learning to not take other people personally is to be more concerned about how what they're doing and saying affects them than me. Yeah. And that's important enough, I'll repeat it. To pretend to be till I really can be more interested in how what you're doing and saying right now affects you Mm -hmm. than it is about me. And it's a kind of a, it's a mantra or it's, it's verbal jujitsu, mm-hmm. but it's like Lynn said, it's to keep my ego under control because yeah. my ego, I've got one. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Do you? Mm-hmm. I mean, a little right? bit. Yeah, Just sure. Right. Yeah. Now, most people will say they got their ego under control. Yes, I have an ego, but I control it. Sure. <laughs> Ever felt road rage? Oh, snap. Yeah. That's another thing a cop will tell you. Now, perfectly ordinary, normal human being can go from zero to 60 while driving a 3000 pound car. And suddenly become a killing machine. And after they've done it, you know, the cop pulls up to the scene. There's one person laying in a ditch with an extra hole in him and a person with a smoking gun. And the cop says, what happened here? This guy, this guy cut me off. He cut me off. And I just wanted to kill him. I wanted to kill him. And I happened to have a gun in my glove car, And so I kind of did. You know, and then, and then the cop says, well, now what about this? Well, you know, now that, I've, now that I'm calming down a little bit, I kind of feel bad about it. Well, it's a little late little for the late guy in the ditch. Yeah. And one of the things that we could get away with in third grade, which is Sharon could come up to me on a given day and go, you're a grungy twerp. Then she'd come back the next day and say, I take it back. And we were kind of fine with that as kids. But once we get all grown up, we find out if that was ever true. Oh, you know, piteous as we age, it isn't true anymore. So it's with people we work with or for or around or people that we're in long-term relationships with. What you want to not do is do something you can't undo. You don't want to yeah. ring a bell you can't unring. Mm-hmm. So the key to not taking other people personally is to f- buy yourself some time, let yeah. your ego calm back down. Yeah. So th- in the instance that Lynn shared, all I, I knew that enough to know I need to not respond right now. Yeah. The conversation we're going to have that's going to lead to learning is going to have to be when we can both treat this like it was just information, not who's right and who's wrong. Yeah. Oh, I like that. The, Treat it like it's information. The not moment the right conversation devolves into who's right and who's wrong, I've lost. And yeah. that doesn't matter whether you're my friend, my relative, or my spouse. And it's about growth. I mean, we really do try to do that and always filter everything that we do through growing to make the world a better place. I don't mean to sound so cheesy, but for us to be successful, to have successful young children growing up in the world, and just to one of the questions life. that we we ask one another all the time is do you want to be right here or do you want to be effective huh. sometimes you get to be both yeah in life mm-hmm. as a boss or as an employee or as a coworker you get to be both sometimes you get to be right and effective and 
I will admit there's a kind of a secret joy in being right all over the top of somebody. But you and I just met, Jeremy, but I got to say our relationship wouldn't go very far if I meant most of my time with you spent making you wrong. Oh, right? absolutely. Right. Yeah. And yet there are people that do that all the time. All the time. Verbally and non-verbally, they make other people wrong all the time. And they it's because they need to be right real hard. And the moment I've decided to be right, guess which one you get to be. Mm-hmm. So it just doesn't serve in terms of growth and the things that we're talking about. It just doesn't serve to allow myself to fall into that. So any little tricks that I can do to buy myself time, let my ego sit back down so I can get back up here. In, in the hand. neocortex mm-hmm. above my eyeballs where all the important thinking happens rather than the snake brain, which wants to just lash out and hurt somebody. It's amazing to me that, you know, people will do incredible things based on their ego and even just a few minutes later be amazed at the, uh, at the stuff they did. Yeah. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Don't you think this comes, though... I mean, all this stuff is great. You know, and I've learned as I've aged how to deal with certain situations, how not to react. Mm -hmm. You know, this guy bumps into you, not to turn around and say, hey, you, Mm -hmm. you know, don't you think it would be hard for somebody in their 20s or early 30s to be like, you know, you are now? Sure. I mean, and how would someone like that? That's why they let us out of prison. Yeah. Once we get into our 50s and 60s, testosterone (laughs) calms down. Well, I mean, guys are the worst. I've seen guys do this. Guys will just lock eyes in a bar. Yeah. Yeah. They just glance down the bar and a guy gives them a look they don't like. And all of a sudden they do the stare back. Next thing you know, two people are off the stools. And they don't even know each other. And they don't know what they're fighting about. It's like two stupid dogs. I mean, and again, not that women are incapable of this. Mm -hmm. You all got a lot of mean. Mm. Fact, <laughs> I, I, think, I think women got as much I'm or more mean. I'm writing that one down. Y'all think, got a lot of me. I think y'all got a lot of me. But, but I got to come from a male point of view because it's the only one I got. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I think when you were younger, we're yeah. driven more by that kind of stuff and that rage. And, and then yeah. there's all the images of what's supposed to be. You're supposed to be a tough guy. And you yeah. gotta, you know, da, da, da. But again, the question is, I don't care what your age is. Long term, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be effective in this relationship? And I think in order to be effective, sometimes I need to get off of that. Yeah. Mm. No, I mean, I, I and I totally agree. I think mm-hmm. this is amazing stuff. But I would have had a hard time listening to this in my 20s oh, yeah. and probably early 30s. And Really? Um, That's pretty big of you to... To oh, say, I mean, I mean I, you're I can, an old soul, Jeremy. I am, but but you're but not, I'm my, not like you're you know? you're not I mean, like most guys. Yeah, well, I'll tell you a real life story. <laughs> Talking to a buddy of mine who's who's in his his thirties the other day, and he'd had a few drinks, and you know, someone said something to him, and he was raging. I mean, that's raging, ready to fight. You know, you know. I mean, just yeah. And and I told him, I said, man, I said, you know, I said, I know exactly where you're at. I said, you've got a few more years of this. And I said, you've got to learn how to deal with this. Or that wife of yours, those three kids that you've got, do you want them to see you like this? Mm. And I said, man, I've been there. You're a you good know, friend. You know? That, and we had yeah. this whole conversation about it. You're a good friend to do and that. He, and he sort of calmed down, and his wife looks over at me, and she's like, you know. <laughs> um, but, but she wouldn't leave his side the rest of the night because she knew. Right. 
you know, he was already up there. And that's why I say, you know, I mean, yes, it's testosterone. Yes, it's, yeah. but, you know, it takes a while to learn some of this stuff. As well, I will say, I think a woman can temper that. And I say that from the experience of my parents. My daddy was one of those yeah. high testosterone driven. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, my mama kept money uh, to go bail him out of jail because <laughs> he was getting fights, you know. But she, she changed him. She really yeah. did. Mike. Mike, come on, Mike. I can remember seeing her whenever he that that rush would come. Mike, his face would turn red yep, and his Mike, nose would just. She would just pat him on the arm, Mike. <laughs> and you know, whenever she died, he wasn't but fifty four, and then he got kind of mm-hmm. he lost that peace because she wasn't mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. to kind of bring got the awareness from him to be a coach. Yeah. Oh, God, be, that's to good. To reach yes. over, to just do something that somebody else reached and grabbed him in a moment like that and grabbed oh, him Jesus. by the arm. Oh, Jesus, he would have lost his mind. <laughs> sure, he'd have come around. I mean, Lynn's my coach. She's my mirror. And oh, that's a good when I'm, point. When I'm just being stupid and pig-headed, she will occasionally hold up a mirror verbally and say, can't you, can't you see how you're being right now? Hmm. My first impulse isn't always to thank her. Not in the right. moment. Cause I, <laughs> right? Because I'm in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However... And she's earned this right with me. I know she's got my back. She's never doing it to embarrass me. She's never doing it to make me wrong. She never does it to try and show how smart she is. She's none of her motivation. She hasn't got one of those motivated bones in her body. She's coming at me. She does this with other friends too. She, I've watched her. She's always coming from, I'm trying to be of assistance. And even though I don't much want to hear it in the moment, I know that fundamentally. So I'll give her permission to... Mm-hmm. as your mother did with your dad, do something with me nobody else would be able to do. And it may not even, I don't think it was spoken between your parents. Oh, no, there was no yeah. none of that awareness yeah. Yeah, uh, no. at all. But we've, no. over time, especially though. over time, we absolutely trust each other. And so if I feel a certain way about something, I have the right of primary refusal. He does too with me. Yeah, we call it ultimate veto. We don't know <laughs> who to thank for this one. We can't <laughs> remember who gave it to us. Go ahead, hmm. describe that. Well, if he's, like, he's tried to go to work before with fevers, and all, and I'm like, first of all, it's not safe for you. Second of all, it's not safe for anybody you're working with. I veto. You're not thinking clearly, and you have such a strong work ethic. I veto you going to work. You're being stupid. Now, go I back to bed. I don't have that agreement with anybody else in my life. <laughs> I've, I've literally put my life in her hands, and she has with me. We've both said to one another, if we need to, we can turn to the other person and say, no, no, no. I veto that. <clears throat> and there's no arguing. You don't have to justify it. You mm. just go, I veto that, and the other person will acquiesce. acquiesce. I, can, I don't need all the fingers on one hand to say the number of times we've actually ever used that. But knowing that I'm willing and that she's willing to put her life in my hands that way or mine in hers that it's unconditional trust really right Mm -hmm. you know it's a foundation for all sorts of interesting growth yeah yeah no well one thing you say in your book is that love is a verb not a noun i love that you want to expand on that just a little bit part of my vows it's so funny (laughs) i think men are the sweet ones and i think women are the get it done we're the mm-hmm. pragmatic ones. Mm-hmm. His vows to me, you know I married you centuries ago in our love. We've been waiting. For, and I'm like, oh, my God. My vows to him were, I won't cheat on you. Blah, 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 blah. 
And I will promise you to act in loving ways even when I don't feel like it. That's mm. the CRNA in her. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Walter, to cut get that it out. <laughs> hey, y'all, everybody, uh, the audience knows Walter's our editor, and we tell Walter to cut it out, and Walter, you're not That's cutting great. any of this out. <laughs> the willingness to act in loving uh, ways even when the feelings aren't there. And yeah. we've had right. tough times. Well, you everybody know, does. It's like I tell people all the time, there's sometimes I could shoot Pierce and say he fell in the kitchen. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and sometimes you don't feel in love but then sometimes you can look at them and it's like lightning runs through you and it's like oh i remember <laughs> why i remember that feeling but uh-huh. it's muscling through the muddy waters sometimes it's the mountains and the valleys but you have to know they're both going to be there uh, there's going to be Gibran, <laughs> that the prophet yeah with you those, gotta that know was part of our vows yeah you gotta know the worst part to understand and the sweet and part. And appreciate it. I've fallen in love and out of love with thousand times. Oh, yeah. Bunches. Oh, yeah. But that's a thing that, to your point earlier, Jeremy, that I wouldn't have known as a young man. Right. Because all the fairy right. tales say, right, the oh, star-crossed lovers to be happily forever the whole after. Time. That yeah. stuff gets imprinted on us pretty young. And, it, you know, there isn't a person I'd ever be in a relationship with who could live up to those standards. No. Well, you can't get anything else done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it. If yeah. you felt like that, all the stink of time. Well, like you, you did when you first met. Oh you were falling God. in love and yeah. you would do anything for that person and you drive three hours just to yeah. be with them for 10 minutes. I and, did that. You know, well, yeah. I mean, who didn't? You know, I mean. When we were first together, I was at the <coughs> University of Florida and he lived in Bradenton, Sarasota. I came home every single weekend. Three hour drive each way. So, yeah, we get a little crazy. But the, the, not to take anything away from the emotions of love. Mm-hmm. The, the emotions They're of fine. the icing on the cake. And I don't want to just eat dry cake all day. The emotions right. are nice. The feelings are nice. Those folks that don't stick around, though, for the long Hall don't know about the ups and downs. They just know about this real downtime they had and see a bye, I'm out of here. Um, As opposed to hanging around and finding out what else is possible. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever see the movie Parenthood? There's a, uh, that's an old Ron Howard movie. There's a wonderful example where the grandmother is saying, it's like a roller coaster ride. It's up and down. You know, the merry-go-round, other kids like that, but didn't really go anywhere. I like the roller coaster. I like all the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And the wife turns to Steve Martin and says, your mother is so smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, why is she getting in the neighbor's car? <laughs> <laughs> She's a little demented lady. <laughs> That's a great movie. She's I've smart, never seen it. but can't remember what happened to yeah. her. Yeah. So, well, this has been great. I mean, it's great stuff you know everybody needs this i mean uh, and and for you those people out there listening run out and get this book and they can get it on amazon sure miracles in marriage and other long-term committed or just look up lynn she's got a fistful of books on amazon well yeah that's Mm -hmm. true one of them that is true and it's maxi like m-a-c K-S-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, as you know, we I think we could continue to talk about this for the next hour. But mm. th- but let's kind of wrap up and conclude. What would you, you two like to say as we conclude? And I'll let you go first, Lynn. And then I want, I want Keith to go. For me, it's been about sticking it out and staying and keeping my commitment. And Except for Christmas. 
<laughs> the week before Christmas. Oh, well, no. <laughs> except for that part. Except for that part. Yeah, Alter. that was no, bad. <laughs> that was bad. But, but yeah. We've really stuck it out through the hard times. And I've said to him before, you know, when you're young and you have the crayon box and it has eight crayons and they're such pretty little colors. But when you grow and you go through hard times and you keep at it and you keep working it, whatever it is, going to school, your marriage, whatever, then you get a bigger box of crayons with mm-hmm. more colors in it. And now I think we're at the 5,000 crayon box <laughs> mm-hmm. that has every hue of every color possible because we stuck it out it's not always been easy but if i hadn't stuck it out i wouldn't have known the joy on the other side there you go and that we both grew up and we both made that commitment to grow up yep the book is dedicated to our son and daughter both of whom are married now and i think it's it's what we've been talking about we we were trying to give them some tips tools and techniques we wish we had had going in right and we've been very fortunate in our lives to have some great teachers, some great coaches, some great mentors, friends, models, and um, we just feel lucky. And so thank goodness for COVID because it was finally the excuse mm-hmm. to sit down and put it all in one place. Isn't that interesting? You know, I think yeah. you're about the first person I've <laughs> heard that said, thank goodness for COVID. So there's good and bad in everything. I think a lot of people have expressed, I mean, yeah. For for different reasons, just like we just interviewed Tracy Young and talking about the compression in the market and how things yeah, have changed. Yeah. I mean, but you I don't hear people say that, you no. know. And and I think what what that leads to is just how you view things. Sure, you know. I mean, Try there's good the in everything. In, in everything. What can I learn? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still yeah. got a pulse. Still got a chance to learn something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There you go. It's good stuff. Thank you both. Thank Lynn, you. Lynn, Thank Keith, you. it's been a pleasure. Appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely everybody. amazing. And uh, you guys, I think when you, you didn't have a path to run on, you built your path. I mean, really. <laughs> we'll steal literally. that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. You I didn't like have that. a path to run on. You built the path. And mm-hmm. now you're, you, you've dedicated this to your children and you've given them a path. And maybe they'll take it and even make it better. I mean, that would be a good goal. That would be a nice gift. So, all right. Well. Sharon, I think it's a wrap. I think so. We want to thank our listeners for listening to Beyond the Mass with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. If you like our show and you want to help us grow, Sharon, what's the best way they can help us grow? The best way is to leave us a review because the algorithm pushes us higher up in the rankings. And we just learned this because we're so techie. Yeah, that's me. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Or they can like us. Share us. Tell their friends. Yeah. Yeah. But remember on the reviews. Make it positive. There's enough negativity in the world, right? Agreed. All right. Until next time. It's a wrap. As a CRNA, you spend years preparing yourself for this career, so we don't want to see you lose out on any of the income you've worked so hard to earn. The best way to protect yourself and give you the confidence that a major life event won't disrupt your financial future is through disability insurance. We've known disability income specialist Robert Smith for many years and have seen the work he's done with nearly 2,000 CRNAs over multiple decades. He can help identify any gaps in your existing coverage and fill those gaps by finding the best value on a policy. Contact Robert and let him know you heard about him on our podcast. Send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. 
That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com or call them at 504-394-6557. Protect your greatest asset as a CRNA, yourself and your ability to earn a living by adding disability insurance to your financial plan. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible and we would appreciate your support. OSA EMR is a free anesthesia EMR developed by CRNAs that you can download and use on an iPad. Our nonprofit mission is to make sure that solo and small practice CRNAs can digitally record their anesthetics. To learn more, visit OSAEMR.com to download and consider donating to our cause. Remember, for CRNAs, data is destiny. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.